0: Section 33 of the Underground Railroad, Part 5. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria Casper. The Underground Railroad, Part 5, by William Still. Section 33. Portraits and Sketches. Grace Anna, and Elizabeth R. Lewis. Near Kimberton, in Chester County, Pennsylvania, was the birthplace, and, till within a few years, the home, of three sisters, Mary Ann, Grace Anna, and Elizabeth R. Lewis, who were among the most faithful, devoted, and quietly efficient workers in the anti slavery cause including that department of it which is the subject of this volume birthright members of the society of friends they were born into more than the traditional anti-slavery faith and feeling of that society a deep abhorrence of slavery and an earnest will to put that feeling into act as opportunity should serve were in the very life-blood which they drew from father and mother both left fatherless at an early age they were taught by their mother to remember that their father on his visits to their maternal grandfather living then in maryland was wont as he expressed it to feel the black shadow of slavery over his spirit from the time he entered till he left that state and that on his deathbed he had regretted having let ill-health prevent his meeting with and joining one of the anti-slavery societies of that day of the mother's share in the transmission of their hereditary feeling it is enough to all acquainted with the history of anti-slavery work in pennsylvania to say that she was sister not by blood alone but in heart and soul to that early active untiring abolitionist dr bartholomew fussell it is easy to see that the children of such parents growing up under the influence of such a mother needed no conversion no sacrifices of prejudice or hostile opinions to make them anti-slavery but were ready simply as a matter of course to work for the good cause whenever any way appeared in which their work could serve it what was called modern abolitionism as distinguished from the less aggressive form of opposition to slavery which preceded the movement pioneered by garrison they at once accepted as soon as it was set before them through the agents of the american anti-slavery society in the campaign in pennsylvania begun in eighteen thirty six regarding it as but the next step forward in the way they had already entered they instinctively fell into line with the new movement assisted in forming a society auxiliary to it in their own neighborhood and were constant to the end in working for its advancement auxiliary to the influences already mentioned was a very early recollection of seeing a colored man henry bound with ropes and carried off to slavery grace anna not more than four or five years old at the time declared that the man's face of agony is before her now nor is it likely that her sisters were impressed less deeply of natures keenly sensitive they hated slavery from that hour as only children of such natures can. And as yet too young and immature for that charity to have been developed in them, which can see a brother even in the evildoer, and pity while condemning him, they even more intensely hated while they feared the actors in the outrage, and despised the girl who had betrayed the victim ever after any one of them could be trusted to be faithful to the hunted fugitive though an army of kidnappers might surround her another of their early recollections was of a white handkerchief which was to be waved from the back window as a signal of danger to a colored man at work in a wood near by and all the while the feelings aroused by such events were kept alive by little anti-slavery poems which they were wont to learn by heart and recite in the evenings grace anna on her first visit to philadelphia when nine years old bought a copy of one of these entitled zambo's story pleased to recognize in it a favorite of her still earlier childhood by means like these they were unconsciously preparing themselves for the predestined tasks of their after life and if there were danger that such a strain upon their sympathies, as they often underwent, might prove unhealthful, it was fully counteracted by ball-playing and all kinds of active outdoor amusements of childhood, so that it was never known to result in harm. As time passed on, their home, always open to fugitives, became an important center of underground railroad operations, for the region extending from wilmington delaware into adams county pennsylvania and they grown to womanhood had glided into the management of its very considerable business they received passengers from thomas garrett and sometimes others perhaps of wilmington when it was thought unsafe to send them thence directly through philadelphia from william and phoebe wright in adams county and from friends more than we have room to name in york columbia and the southern parts of lancaster and chester counties the several lines from adams county to wilmington converging upon the house of john vickers of lionville whose wagon laden apparently with innocent-looking earthenware from his pottery sometimes conveyed unseen beneath the visible load a precious burden of southern chattels on their way to manhood At a later period the trains from Adams County generally took another course, going to Harrisburg and on to Canada by way of the Susquehanna Valley, though still when pursuit that way was apprehended the former course was taken. These passengers the Lewises forwarded in diverse ways, usually in the earlier times by wagon or carriage, to Richard Moore of Quakertown in Bucks County, about thirty miles distant but later when abolitionists were more numerous and easier stages could be safely made either directly to the writer or to one or other of ten or twelve stations which had become established at places less remote in the counties of chester and montgomery during portions of the time their married sister rebecca and her husband edwin fussell and their uncle dr b fussell and after him his brother william lived on farms adjoining theirs and were active helpers in this work the receiving and passing on of fugitives was not all they had to do often it was necessary to fit out whole families with clothing suitable for the journey in cases of emergency they would sometimes gather a sewing circle from such neighboring families as could be trusted and with its help accomplish rapidly the needed work one instance is remembered of a woman with her little boy whom they put into girls attire and changing also the woman's dress sent both by cars to canada accompanied by a friend in this kind of work too they had generous aid from friends at neighboring stations from lawrenceville and limerick and Pottstown and pugtown came contributions of clothing at one time a supply which filled compactly three three three-bushel bags and of which a small remainder still on hand when slavery was abolished were sent south to the freedmen the prudence skill and watchful care with which the business was conducted are well attested by the fact that so far as can be remembered during all the many years of their connection with the underground railroad not a plan miscarried and not a slave that reached their station was retaken, although among their neighbors there were bitter adversaries of the anti-slavery cause, eager to find occasion for hostile acts against any abolitionist, and at times especially vindictive against the noble sisters because of their effective cooperation with other friends of temperance in preventing the licensing of a liquor-selling tavern in the neighborhood on one occasion when within a week they had passed on to freedom no less than forty fugitives eleven of whom had been in the house at once they were amused at hearing a remark by some of their pro-slavery neighbours to the effect that there used to be a pretty brisk trade of running off niggers but there is not much of it done now though parties of four five or six sometimes arrived in open day they seldom sent any away till about nightfall or later and whenever the danger was greater than usual the coming was also at night the fugitives in attempting to capture whom gorsuch was killed near christiana were brought to them at midnight by dr fussell and in this case such caution was observed that not even the hired girl knew of the presence of persons not of the family for one reason or another perhaps to let a hot pursuit go by perhaps to allow opportunity for recovering from fatigue and recruiting exhausted strength, or for earning means to pursue the journey by the common railroads. It was often thought advisable that passengers should remain with them for a considerable period, and numbers of these were at different times employed, as laborers in some capacity. Grace Anna testifies that some of the best assistants they ever had in the house or on the farm were these escaped slaves that in general they were thrifty and economical one man for instance who spent several years with them having accumulated five hundred dollars before he went on to canada and another enough to furnish an old coat with a full set of buttons each of which was a golden half eagle covered with cloth and firmly sewed on besides an ample supply of good clothing for himself and his wife and that almost without exception they were honest and loyal to their benefactors and only too happy to find opportunities of showing their gratitude one man sent back to the sisters a letter of thanks through a gentleman in england whither he had gone and once when grace anna was passing an elegant mansion in philadelphia a colored woman rushed out upon her with such an impetuous demonstration of affection joy and thankfulness all thought of fitness of time and place swept away by the swell of strong emotion as might well have amused or slightly astonished the passers in the street, who knew not that in her arms the woman's child had died. But it is no marvel that to her the memory of that poor runaway slave woman's true affection is more than could have been the warmest welcome from her educated and refined mistress. One case, of which the sisters for a time had charge, seems worthy of a somewhat more extended mention in the fall of eighteen fifty five a slave named johnson who in fleeing from bondage had come as far as wilmington thinking he saw his master on the train by which he was journeying northward sprang from the car and hurt his foot severely the Kennett abolitionists having taken him in hand and fearing that suspicious eyes were on him in their region felt it necessary to send him onward without waiting for his wound to heal He was therefore taken to the Lewises, suffering very much in his removal, and arriving in a condition which required the most assiduous care. For more than four months he remained with them, patient and gentle in his helplessness and suffering, and very thankful for the ministrations of kindness he received. He was nursed as tenderly as if his own sisters had attended him instead of strangers, and was so carefully concealed that the nearest neighbors knew not of his being with them their cousin morris fussell who lived near being a physician they had not to depend for even medical advice upon the outside world as the sufferer's wound in natural course became offensive the care of it could not but have been disagreeable as well as toilsome and the feeble health of one of the sisters at that time must have made heavier the burden to be borne but it was borne with a cheerful constancy in a letter which grace anna wrote after she had attended for some time in person to the patient with the care and sympathy which his condition demanded and begun to feel her strength unequal to the task in addition to her household duties she asked a friend in philadelphia to procure for her a trusty colored woman fit to be a helper in the work offering higher wages than were common in that region for the services required and adding that indeed they could not stand upon the amount of pay but must have help if it could be obtained though not in a condition to bear undue expenditure but she said the man is unable to be removed and if he were not i know of no place where the charge would not be equally severe so in perfect keeping with her character she just quietly regarded it as a matter of course that it should still continue where it was and there it did continue until spring when the man, now able to bear removal, was conveyed to the writer, and after a time went thence to Boston. There his foot, pronounced incurable, was amputated, and the abolitionists supplied him with a wooden limb. He then returned and spent another winter with the Lewises, assisting in the household work, and rendering services invaluable at a time when it was almost impossible to obtain female help the next spring hoping vainly to recover in a warmer climate from the disease induced by the drain his wounded foot had made upon his system he went to haiti and there died happy we may well believe to have escaped from slavery though only to have won scarcely two years of freedom as an invalid and cripple the sisters were so thoroughly united in their work as well as in all the experiences of life that this brief sketch has not attempted what indeed it could not have achieved a separation of their spheres of beneficent activity yet they each had her individual traits and adaptations to the common task diversities of gifts but the same spirit elizabeth although for many years shut out by feeble health from any part requiring much bodily exertion was ever a wise counsellor as well as ready with such help as her state of health would warrant though weak in body in spirit she was strong and calm and self-reliant with a clear discriminating intellect a keen sense of right and a certain solidity and balanced symmetry of the spiritual nature which made her an appreciable power wherever she was known of marianne grace anna says that if a flash of inspiration were required it usually came from her Taught by her love for others and by a sensitiveness almost preternaturally quick, she always knew exactly the right thing to do, and put all the poetry of a nature exquisitely fine into her efforts to diffuse around her purity and peace and happiness. Her constant, utterly unselfish endeavors to this end contributed in ample measure to the blessedness of a delightful home, rich in the virtues, charities, and graces which make home blessed veiled by her modest and retiring disposition to few beyond the circle of her home were known the beauty and beneficence of her noiseless life but those who did look in upon it testified her worth in terms so strong as showed how deeply it impressed them just the best woman i ever knew said a young man for whom she had long cared like a mother i cannot remember said another ever hearing from her one ungentle word and it may be safely doubted whether she was ever heard to utter such. And one who knew her every mood cannot recall an instance of selfishness in her even when a child, the most womanly woman I ever knew, declared a friend long closely intimate with her, and such as would have been adored if found by any man worthy of her. The ideal element in her was chastened by sound sense, and blended with a quick sagacity, but her shrinking sensitiveness, too keen to be quite healthy, and an extreme of self-forgetfulness, amounting possibly to a defect in one sojourning amid this world's diverse dispositions and experiences, rendered her, on the whole, less balanced and complete than her younger sister's, and not well fitted for rough encounter with life's trials. So it became Grace Anna's province, especially after their mother's death, to stand a shelter between her and whatever would unpleasantly affect her by its contact to be in some sort as a brother to her seeing there was no brother in the house but from this it must not be inferred that grace anna is less gifted with the distinctive qualities of her sex for the native fineness of her spiritual texture her gentle dignity and feminine delicacy and grace mark her as every inch a true and noble woman in her combine in happy union the calm strength of soul and self-reliance of her younger with the poetic ideality and a just degree of the quick sensibility of her elder sister with better health than either making her foremost of the three in that executive efficiency which did so much to give their plans the uniform success already mentioned kindness and warm affection clearness of moral vision and purity of heart, with a lively relish for quiet intellectual pleasures, for society and books adapted to refine, improve, and elevate, were among the characteristics common to them all. Marianne and Elizabeth, having lived to see the triumph of the right in the presidential proclamation of freedom to the slaves, have gone from their earthly labors to their heavenly rest which we may well believe is that whereof the poet speaks rest in harmonious action like the stars doing the deeds which make the heaven musical the earth a heaven and brothers of us all grace anna still continues here working for human welfare in such fields as still demand the laborer's toil and finding mental profit and delight in the pursuit of natural science End of section 33